ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the the Body Transformation Podcast by me, Yash Yaswani, your host, yours truly, and I'm from Delvina Body Transformations, and let's crack, crack on. Anyways, the topic for today is going to be the pros and cons of building an impressive physique. Like for males, it could be like a lean beach body, and for females, it could be like a don't beach body. At the end of the day, it's lean. You can see the muscles, and it's like with minimum fat as possible. So yeah, let's start off with the cons because I am known to promote the benefits. I am not known to speak about the cons, about the drawbacks of building an impressive physique. Because at the end of the day, this is my work, this is my business, so I need to promote it that way. But I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to start off with the cons. So the first and the most important thing is, well, not the first and the most important thing is, but the I've basically divided the pros and cons, and each topic has different types of cons and different types of pros, basically. So let's start off with the first con, sacrificing social outings. Yes, you're going to see posts on social media like, can you get in shape while still going out on the weekend? The answer is yes, but can you get in shape while eating everything you want on the weekend, everything that you like, etc.? The answer is no, because at the end of the day, if you want to look a certain way, you got to eat a certain way. And the things that people usually like to eat tend to be calorie dense. I mean, think about this. Do you like eating a chicken salad or do you like eating cake? Of course, I love eating cake. One slice of cake is going to be like, what, 450 calories, whereas one chicken salad would probably be something like 200 calories. Chances are the chicken salad would probably keep you fuller, whereas the cake is probably going to leave you wanting for more, you know? So in that way, if you're going out for someone's birthday party and there's like delicious cake and you are on a diet or you're trying to improve your physique, basically, that would require you to just have like one small bite from the cake which comes into the category of squeezing in what you like, but it doesn't really mention the fact that you can't really squeeze it in the quantity that you like. And that would suck away the fun from the social outing per se. So if you want to get in shape in the long term, several sacrifices need to be made. Can it be adapted as per your lifestyle? The answer is yes, but it's not really going to be in a situation which makes it desirable for you. So yeah, that's the first point. The second thing, the second con is going to be body image issues. Now, the leaner you possibly get, you're going to look at yourself in the mirror and you're going to think, oh, I'm too skinny. Oh, I'm too fat. Oh, I'm too this. I'm too that. Because what you're working towards, your mind is going to start playing games with you. And this comes under the category of body dysmorphia. So prolonged exposure to body dysmorphia and not being rational about it and not understanding why that actually happens might potentially lead to some eating disorder issues like bulimia or I don't really know how to pronounce it or um, what do you call that? Where you eat, stuff yourself and then you puke it out, etc. So during a body transformation, during a fat loss phase, you're going to look at yourself in the mirror, especially as a beginner who doesn't really know what's happening and you're going to think, oh, not good enough. Oh, I'm not too lean enough. Oh, that's fat right here uh my belly is the last place when i lose fat why is it only happening with me so you are gonna get emotional which is not really a healthy place to approach things from do i face it yes but do i know that it's just temporary the answer is yes but does a beginner who's actually first hopping on their transformation journey face it hell yes but 
do they know how to work around the answers no because of which they tend to have like a coach who tends to keep them like a like give them like a rational perspective and keep a rational eye on them when they're re- when they're being really emotional basically and with the influx of social media and the kardashians and celebrities endorsing fake products and the perfect body it doesn't really help either because you are basically comparing yourself with somebody who might have gotten several plastic surgeries might probably just be genetically blessed might probably have everything given to them in their hand in the form of a meal prep etc whereas you might be like the average joe or like the average karen basically who works for a living struggles to make time for the gym struggles to prep her meals but still makes it happen so body image issues will happen during your transformation journey is it is it pleasant nope but it's gonna happen eating disorders now the deeper you get inside a diet it's like I'm just picking up a fat loss phase for an example. The deeper you get inside your diet, the deeper you're inside like a fat loss phase. And when the food is less, when the nutrients are less, you will have a tendency to just go out, all out on your diet, snap out, binge. Why? Because the most primitive part of your body is big. The, the most primitive side of you is firing up. The most primitive side by that, I mean your hindbrain, hindbrain which is like the animal side of your brain, which is involved in reproducing, fighting, and feeding itself, you know? Because you're deliberately underfeeding yourself, you're deliberately starving yourself in a systematic manner and eating the same foods which actually keep you full of, which are not really tasty, but are more volume-based, you know, like a chicken salad, etc. So the, the animal part of your body is going to begin to fire up and you will have a tendency to snap all out on your diet. So think about this, when the cravings are high, when you're, when, you're, when you're not rational, you're far more emotional, it's extremely hard to stick to a diet. This happens in a fat loss phase. So the chances of you developing an eating disorder after a diet or after your transformation or even during your transformation is extremely high because of which a beginner needs to have some sort of a coach or some sort of an experienced mentor who helps them maintain a rational perspective during their transformation. Now, let's pick an example of a person during a muscle building phase. Now, during a muscle building phase, your food is going to be extremely high up and your appetite is going to be low. Your body, that is your an- the animal part of your body, is going to fight back, thereby reducing your appetite, thereby making it harder for you to pull in food. So, in that case, you don't want to be emotional. You want to be rational and say to yourself, like, hey, you know what? My appetite is low. I don't really feel like eating much, but I still got to get the food in if I want to look a certain way. As always, if you want to look a certain way, you got to eat a certain way. You got to do things in a certain way. So if not done properly, you can potentially develop an eating disorder, basically, where you would be yo-yo dieting and it's going to be hard to escape from that negative pattern. And that's going to be harming your psychological and physiological health in the long run. So, yeah. Anyways, the next pointer, stress. Stress doesn't really mean where something unfortunate happens to you and you're stressed about it. Training in the gym is a stressor. Eating lesser calories than what you're burning is a stressor. Eating more calories than what you're burning in the long run is a stressor. The thing that you do in the gym, which is like constantly beating down your muscles and then going back home and sleeping and eating and recovering, is like the process of you 
adding in some sort of stress on your body and then asking yourself to adapt from it basically so that done over a period of time is going to compound your stress levels along with your existing life stressors if you don't really manage your stressors basically so in case if you're a mom who is handling two kids has a husband probably does most of the cooking in the house while her husband's away and also does a job and then you add in a component of a body transformation to it where she has to measure her meals where she has to hit the gym like three to four times a week where she has to do her steps in that case you're not really helping her you're probably adding in like some sort of a stressor with respect to her life is that going to help her maybe maybe not you know it depends on how she sees it depends on how she manages it depends on how the coach coaches are through it but it sure as hell is a stressor and would that affect her negatively in the short run or in the long run maybe yes and if it does affect him like in order to compensate for that stress she can probably binge eat she can probably do something which is not favorable just to compensate for the stressor she could probably have several sleepless nights because she's constantly stressed and that avoids her from falling asleep probably so is it helpful Maybe, maybe not. It depends on how you manage your stress. But several clients of mine back in the day when I was not really an experienced coach before, not now, now I'm an experienced coach, obviously. I would coach people in a way which would add to the additional stress of their, in their lives rather than like helping them manage it, basically. So, yeah, the fifth con is it might shorten your lifespan. Now, most of my clients you, like most of my clients are aware on the fact that if you want to transform your body, you need to go and train hard inside the gym. Yeah, because you're constantly breaking your muscles down. It's like wearing and tearing them down and then asking it to recover in the form of proper nutrition and recovery in the form of sleep and stress management outside the gym. But that then over time might reduce your lifespan to a certain degree. Is that a bad thing? That's up to you to decide. That's not for me to help you through it. It's amoral. It's not really moral, basically. Now, all my clients are natural, but this is outside the book, like outside my clientele, basically. There are several bodybuilding companies. There are several coaching companies who actually prescribe performance enhancing drugs and anabolic steroids to their clients. Now, things like that would affect your heart, your liver, your kidney, and your brain in the long run if you're taking anabolic steroids. Do I prescribe them to my clients? Nope. Do I use it myself? Nope. But if whenever you see any sort of transformation on social media of a body of a bodybuilding competitor, just do realize that several of them are taking PEDs, which is performance enhancing drugs and anabolic steroids. So it might look healthy, but not really. There's a hell load of inflammation caused to the heart, the liver, the kidneys, and the brain, basically which reduces the quality of your life. The sixth con is going to be injuries. So it's a tough spill to, spill to swallow. But the moment you begin exercising in the gym, the moment you begin increasing your performance and trying to get strong in the gym, it's like you're making a deal with the devil. Because every time you go inside the gym and you're trying to push your performance up, your joint structure, that is your skeletal structure, remains the same. Your nervous system remains the same. By the nervous system, I mean the series of nerves going from your brain to the muscles which help you recruit your muscle fibers when you're training them that remains the same the only thing that you're trying to grow is your muscle tissue basically 
So your skeletal structure remains the same and your nervous system remains the same. Progression done over time will significantly increase the risk of injury. Like, yes, there's a safe way to do it, but do you completely eradicate the risk? Nope. That's like saying, I want to drive a car, but without the risk of an accident. No, when you drive a car, you're accepting the fact that you might bump into a car at any given point of time in the day or whenever you're on the road. So when you train hard in the gym, you are going to get injured in the long run. That's going to happen. Does that mean you give up? The answer is no. Does that mean you just don't work around it? The answer is no. If you're serious about building your physique, you need to figure out a way to work around it in the long run, basically. So the risk of injury is always going to be them. Now, the last one, in my opinion, the last con is going to be an identity issue. Several bodybuilders, let, let's say, let's pick Dorian Yates. Dorian Yates, I'm, I don't know many of you know him, but Dorian Yates used to be a seven-time Mr. Olympia. By Mr. Olympia, I mean it's the world's biggest and the top most open bodybuilding championship in the world. So he used to be a seven-time Mr. Olympia from 1990 to 1996 1997 if i'm not mistaken so for 10 years straight all that guy did was eat sleep and train he lived like a monk so his identity was tied into the fact that he was was like this iron warrior who would just train inside a dungeon eat sleep and train that's all he did for a living because he was like the world's best bodybuilder now in the last year of his of his competitive career he tore, he tore his tricep and he tore his bicep as well because of which he had to face an early retirement. So for 10 years, he was a bodybuilder and in the 11th year when he faced an injury, he had to retire early. And post his bodybuilding career, he went into something known as clinical depression because his identity was so fixed as that iron warrior who would train day in, day out that when that vanished away, he pretty much had nothing else to do. And several bodybuilders fall into depression. They turn into drugs. They turn into alcohol because the, the only foundation of their life is now gone. So if you identify yourself as that fit person and one potentially in, potential injury might happen or something might happen, which might cause you to cause your fitness journey or your physique journey to take a backseat, chances are that your identity would, identity would be shattered and you have nothing else to look forward to that might cause depression that might cause stress that might cause anxiety you know so the solution in this case is you also want to cultivate the other areas of your life because let's face it you rather look good with like your significant others and your friends and family around you rather than the other way around you know so yeah that's an identity issues but let's move on to the pros my favorite part basically Healthy structure. Well, the more you train inside the gym, the harder you train. Your bones, your muscles, your tendons, your leg ligaments. They got no other option than to recover. They got no other option than to recover against the external stress that you placed on them, thereby making it hard. Like thereby improving the quality of your bones, thereby improving the quality of your physique. So, you might have seen like as females get older, when they begin to approach menopause the rate at which they begin to get fractures would be increased. But the fact that they've got like a couple of years of training experience under their belt ensures that the bone degeneration process associated with 
approaching menopause, I mean, hitting menopause slightly reduces, thereby reducing the injury of risk. So you got like a healthier body structure, basically. Who wouldn't want that? It, like these pros would show the health speed and the quality of your life. Now, the second one is a better understanding of food. Now, looking a certain way requires you to eat a certain way, which, as I mentioned before, is a stressor. But then once when you know how to track your calories, once when you know how to track your proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, you understand what food sources are what. You know, So if you were to go out for a dinner with your boss, or if you were to go out for traveling, where the main source of enjoyment is food and drinks, you'd have a better understanding of food and, and calories and how to eat as per your goals, even without a food scale, even without some sort of a portion control method. Because those healthier habits which you've been doing for years are so ingrained in you that it doesn't really stress you out anymore. And you are able to maintain your physique regardless of whatever environment you're placed in. So if someone were to teach me that when I first started out, I would take that, I would pay that person whatever you asked for, just so that I could waste, not waste a lot of time. So yeah, better quality of life. Now, it's a pretty well-known fact that if you exercise, your sleep, your stress, your digestion, your, your mental health, everything improves. There's tons of research around it. Even your blood pressure, your cholesterol, all the lifestyle diseases, the risk for them similar, like significantly diminishes. It's so much more better than not paying health taxes in the long run. So let, let's imagine like a typical overweight guy who smokes a lot, who drinks a lot, probably eats a lot of junk. But then when you talk him into exercising, when you talk him into doing his steps, when you ask him, hey, what, what do you think about doing a little bit of cardio? He's probably going to be reluctant. Fast forward 20 years later, when his daughter is graduating, he will not be in a position to even stand up because he's probably going to be in a wheelchair or he might be on life support and he might not be there to look at his daughter's graduation. Why? Because his unhealthy habits for the past 20 years have caused him to pay in the form of health taxes and his quality of life wouldn't be that, that great. Do I want to live that way? Nope. Do you want to live that way? I don't think so. It's so much more better than popping a pill, you know, which is quite prevalent and from where I come from. So your quality of life is probably going to be far more better if you have a better quality of physique, basically. Improve mental health. Now, I don't actually know what is the definition of mental health, but let me just pull it up and find out. Mental health. Definition. A person's condition with regards to their psychological and emotional well-being. Okay, so in case if you're constantly stressed, in case if you're constantly anxious, in case if you're you don't really know how to step out of your comfort zone and grow, then chances are that you, like your mental health, might not really be on point. So how does improve, like building up a better physique, help you with your mental health? Well, if you build up a better physique. You look good, you feel good from the outside. Eventually, you're going to feel good from the inside as well. It also happens the other way around. I don't really know how it happens the other way around, basically, as I am not really a qualified mental health expert, professional, and I wouldn't really make a great one either if I were to be one. I was just joking about it the other day with a client of mine, and he was like, man, you're going to be a horrible mental health professional. But 
Think about this. The process of bodybuilding requires you to push harder than what you did in your previous session. Every time you step inside the gym, you need to push harder than what you did in the previous session. It requires you to be really stringent with your diet. Not really stringent, but stringent to a reasonable degree. It requires you to do things that you don't really feel like doing. Yeah. So that's like that requires you to give the short term gratification and look at the long term gratification, which is building an impressive physique and focusing on the way you feel and your health. Now, the, those same lessons can be taken in other areas of your life. It could be taken with respect to your career. It could be taken with respect to your family. It could be even taken with respect to yourself. In case if you're a really cranky person who's extremely emotional, it doesn't really tend to look at the rational and the logical side of things. The fact that you are dieting, the fact that you are pushing harder than what you did previously in the gym, bleeds into the fact that you can suppress that cranky emotional side of yourself and be far more rational, be a rational optimist, basically. It could also, it could also help with the fact that you are focusing on constant growth, which is one of the main purposes of life. Think about this. Why do people fall into depression? Because they have absolutely no purpose, in my opinion. Whereas if you constantly have a purpose, if you're constantly focusing on growth, if you're constantly focusing on being the best version of yourself, Chances are like your mental health would be on point, you know? So, yeah. Again, I'm not a mental health professional, so please take my advice with regards to this benefit as a grain of salt. Self-respect. So, there's a lot of jazz which is going around about self-care, self-love, blah, blah, blah. Yeah? Self-care, self-love doesn't, doesn't really mean in my opinion, getting a pedicure, sitting on the couch, having cupcakes, and making yourself feel good. Self-respect means addressing your physical self, addressing your mental self, addressing your professional self, addressing your emotional self, and ensuring that you care about all these areas of your life. So if you keep on posting about, hey, I feel good, blah, 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 but, you know, your physical self, which is like the way you look or might come across or your internal health, like your physical health is not on point. Chances are you're not really taking care of yourself. Chances are that you're not really respecting yourself. You're not loving yourself enough. So you can go all you want about self-love, etc. But if you're not reasonably healthy, if you're not reasonably emotionally healthy, then it pretty much goes against the whole concept of self-respect, self-love, you know. So by self-respect, I mean, make yourself into a version that you respect of yourself, basically. Again, I'm not really a psychologist who's qualified to give advice on self-respect, self-love, on mental health. So take my advice with a grain of salt. This is just my opinion. This is just my advice, basically. So, yeah. Aesthetics. Well, if you build an impressive physique, you're sure as hell going to look good. You're going to feel good. Clothes are going to fit. As a female, if your glutes are popping out, your shoulders look lean and toned. Or as a dude, if your chest is popping out, your biceps, etc., are popping out, you're wearing a nice tight t-shirt, you feel confident to remove it and roam around topless at the beach. Why wouldn't you do it? You know? So, yes, it shows hell helps with the aesthetic side of things. Less sickness. There's a research which shows that less like the 
lifestyle related diseases like cholesterol, diabetes, blood pressure, hypertension, etc. Drast like the risk for these drastically reduces in the long run if you're consistently exercising. And what else was I saying was yeah, you also become insulin sensitive. So like let's say if your father is a diabetic or one of your grandparents or your mom is a diabetic. But if you train, you reduce the chances of you getting diabetes. I'm a prime example of this. I get my blood work done pretty much once every six months. I check my blood pressure every morning. I check my fasting blood, blood sugar, basically once every three to four days. It's on point, regardless of the unhealthy habits, which my parents used to have back in, even till now, basically. So you like the chances of you getting sick is going to be extremely less the healthier you are the more muscle you're carrying and the less body fat you're carrying and there was another research paper which said that you increase the concentration of your i reckon red blood cells wait i will just google this right now in front of me yeah Sorry, please bear with me. Here we go. Yeah, so it increases the concentration of your red red blood cells when you're in better shape, basically. So I think so red blood cells carry oxygen from the lungs and deliver it throughout your body. So they also transport things such as carbon dioxide back to our lungs to be exhaled, basically. So this simply reduces how often you fall sick it's so much better than popping a pill it's so much better than going to the doctor so would i take it hell yes flexibility so when you pack on muscle when you drop body fat you reduce the chances of your injury because you're simply moving your muscles in the range of motion that they actually have access to are you going to get flexible yes but is, is that going to be as good as yoga flexibility? The answer is no. But it's so much better than sitting on the couch in case if you're like tight and sedentary all day. Strength. You're going to get strong as hell if you lift weights. Would I take it? Absolutely. The benefit comes for free, you know. And several other aspects, like people take you seriously. So there, I was reading this book known as Psychology of Persuasion. So if you place like a hot girl or like a beautiful girl next to a car people will actually buy more of it because they associate that car with that beautiful girl or with that hot girl that's one of the tactics of persuasion so or if you similarly if you pass a dumb suggestion but you're well dressed you are in good shape regardless of what you're saying people will take you seriously because they see Okay, this person is quality, if that makes sense. I'm not saying like people who are usually out of shape tend to be uh, tend to be non-quality based. All I'm saying is this just happens on a very biological level. This happens on a very subconscious level. So yeah, that cheesy cliche saying, don't judge a book, don't judge a book by its cover. That's utter nonsense. We all subconsciously judge people right upon our first plans. So if you're in better shape, if you dress well, if you're well presentable, people will take you seriously on a very subconscious level. 
it's a very interesting book, Psychology of Persuasion. It explains how like companies market and how we human beings perceive things. So yeah. Anyways, I think so. I am done. And I hope this podcast helped you. If you actually like this podcast, feel free to like, share, subscribe, and follow me. And for those people who are actually interested in transforming their physique, improving their confidence, and maintaining their physique after their transformation, email me in the email address below, which is yash at weightsandrodiesfitness.com. Yes, I got a new domain. I've been spending on my business, adding in more skin in the game. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and adios.